All right, everyone. This is the pod from the minivan. We're in the garage. It feels claustrophobic in here, actually. It uh, almost feels like I can't breathe, but uh, it's quiet and it's soundproof. And uh, I think this is the best place to make the pod right now. Until I get this together, until I get my studio together, I'm, I'm still thinking about how to do this. Do I build it in the garage? You know, I'm in Florida and Ohio, so the Ohio garage is okay. <clears throat> I mean, right now, it's not, it's not overwhelmingly, is it overwhelmingly hot or cold? It's medium. It's just right. It's the Goldilocks podcast from the minivan. That's where we're at right now. So it's been a hell of a week. We've had uh, three weeks of shows in Florida, improv, Boca Black Box, we did Snappers and Fort Myers, and now we're back after losing the gig in St. Augustine, by the way. They canceled my show at 1 in the morning the day of the show and uh, expected me to be cool with it, which, you know, here's the thing about if you are not in the comedy business, <clears throat> and I hope you're not. I hope I'm not attracting comics to this pod. You know, that's not what I want. I want normal human beings, people who get offended by me calling them normal. Because normal now is a word where you go, oh, so I'm not interesting. No, I'm sorry. You're just, uh, you know, you're flatlining the whole way. You have no jumps and no downs. You're normal um, comics, not normal people. We want normal people, flatliners like you, to listen to the pod uh, and not get offended by it, by the way, because I, I, I had to tell this woman when I called her normal and she got all mad at me that you're lucky, sweetie. You're lucky that you don't have what I got, okay? Because even like right now, I have to make a pot. I couldn't sit in the house after a grueling 18-hour drive from Florida. I still got bored, couldn't take a nap, and I'm in my garage making a pot. So yeah, normal people are very cool with just watching the Ohio State game today. Maybe cutting their lawn. Maybe, uh, you know, relaxing in whatever form it's tough to constantly have that gear turning. God, it would be so nice to slow the gear down just for a second. Someone grab onto the gear. Even if it means risking cutting your hands on it, grab my gear and just hold it for a little bit so I don't have to go out to the garage and make a pod. All right, so yeah, normal. Normal, okay? I don't even know where I left off except talking about this comedy show where you have to be cool with the booker when they tell you We've canceled you. Now, this wasn't the greatest gig, folks. I agreed to take it. I was out of my way, out of Florida, going to Ohio. Uh, this person does not give you a room. It's a cardinal sin in comedy to not put up the comic. It's a cardinal sin not to pay for the man's gasoline or to give him some food. And then... Another beating over the head is the amount of money, a $200 show in a bar. Why do I, why do I take it? I mean, I get $5,000 shows. Why would I take a two? Look, there's something in comedy called practice. And you can't practice in your car, in your minivan to nobody, a routine. So you have to have the opportunity to practice in front of people, right? So you're going to take low pay. You're going to use that as practice. So when you do come out, and do a big show, you know, you're going to be on your game. Every comic does it, you know, from Louis C.K., Bill Burr to me. 
If you're in New York City and you're doing sets, you're getting $50, $100 at some of the biggest clubs in the country. Or maybe free, free, because it is really your testing ground. All right, fine. Agreed to it. Didn't agree, though, to being treated. I, I agree to be treated poorly, but not sub-poorly, where there's no, oh, wow, you got your room. Maybe we'll split it with you. We'll pay half of it for you. No. There's no follow-up with, God, we're really sorry this, you know, that we canceled the night on you. Let's rebook you. Nothing. Nothing. And I'm not even going to, I will not try to get that gig. I wrote a very long, uh, when I say long, seven-sentence <laughs> paragraph to the booker and then cut it down to two sentences because I'm not Carmen Cirocillo of 19, I'm going to say 1995-ish was the last time that I think I was really kind of, you know, a dick dick. I, then I became just a dick, a regular dick uh, about 2007. And then I became me right now. So for years and years, I was a dick dick. And then I just was a regular dick. And now I'm able to take sort of a being that's that's my humble breakdown when everyone's like oh be humble i am being humble i went from dick dick to dick to normal no not even normal just to to say look i'm not going to yell i'm not going to get upset because i know after 37 years of doing this what to expect still kind of a shocker when you when you think that i I still have this um vision and i think that's what keeps me in comedy is that, oh, going to go to a great show, full crowd, everyone's attentive, the owner's amazing, the accolades are superb. No. Usually that's a seven-person show, and, you know, the uh, there's some glitch somewhere. The show's going to start late, or we've, we've cut your time. You know, it's not, it's, there's no, we, it's very rare to have something turn out great as, as, as well as I pictured in my head, my head is so good at creating farce for me. I created so much farce for myself to live in. A dreamlike, farciful world where my shows are going to be so great. And it's, it's, I'm younger in, in those farces. I have all my hair and the wind is just the right temperature. It's a little chill in the air and... Oh, God, I can hear the ice clinking and the beautiful people, not guys, beautiful people in in the place walking through, you know, and everybody's smiling and pointing. God, this guy's so good. God, I love his jokes. You know, people laugh. It's a farce. You know, I do it because I know that I'm my biggest cheerleader in this. Oh, that's so gay. I'm not my biggest cheerleader I am supporting myself and saying, see these words of today, I can't stand this. I'm not supporting myself. I'm just doing what I got to do to stay in the game. If I started actually listening to myself talk about how, because I do talk about how, you know, this, this is really a crappy way of doing comedy. Well, I have tried pretty good. I, I'm not saying like I've lived in L.A. and New York full time 
Because that's that's just true sacrifice. Any comic that lives in L.A., New York, Austin right now, you know, a major city that has a, a great comedy scene and is suffering, you know, living in that little shack, not having a family life, grinding it out. That's a true trier. I'm a trier. I've tried pretty hard over the years. Uh, I've, I've done what I had to do. and But, I, you know, I... I I gave a little bit to myself. I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm not going to go hang at the improv. That That's the fucking shittiest thing I could do. I'm not going to hang at the improv. No show that night? Just to shake hands? Just to say hello? No. No, I wasn't good at that. I didn't do it in L.A. I couldn't do it anywhere. And, you know, for me, I think now I've come to the realization, just write a good routine. Be proud of the comedy that you're you're doing. And, and a lot of times I am, but I get bored very quickly. And then I get unproud when I'm being lazy and not writing new material and get on stage and do that material. Like I have a lot of new material. I really haven't fleshed out on stage. It's difficult because it's, um, you know, it's it's not easy stuff. And it's, it's going to take a little bit of time for me to figure out where the funny is in the stuff. You know, talking about my dad's death or guns or racial issues, or anything that is going to make people go, oh, where's he going with that? And I kind of do want to do the material, and I kind of don't. Like, I'm really, I was really happy about a period of my time where I was doing material about sex. Sex, to me, uh, is is good. It's funny. It's relatable. Um, I think it's, you know, the relationship humor that between me and my wife, the only problem is it's too personal. You know, you got to consider... Um, my, I have to consider my wife when I'm doing this material. She's been a champ throughout all the material, believe me, that I've done about her. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's some stuff that really makes me laugh. And it really doesn't make a lot of other people laugh. So that's the problem. So, you know, what's funny to me is funny because I am, I guess, I heard it from Jim Gaffigan last night on a podcast with Marin talking about how comics get bored of comedy or we're used to comedy. And, you know, instead of laughing at jokes anymore, we kind of just analyze. I forgot what he said, but it was interesting because it's good to hear other comics have the same problems as me, you know? Why am I not enjoying stand-up as much as I used to when I first started out? Well, it's just 37 years of being around it. Yes, it's going to be, um, oh God, I wish I would have remembered what he said, but it was it was spot on. It was really basically, you've had enough of it. You know, you're kind of bored of it. That's why when I listen to someone crazy or interesting or bizarre, or I see something nuts, you know, like Pratt Falls now, not even a Pratt Fall, real falls, right? So a real fall, somebody slips and you're like, as long as that person doesn't get hurt, it's pretty funny. Something happens, like we had a fire in our kitchen. And I wasn't laughing. I was not laughing when it happened. But then afterwards, after watching the video that my, my nephew caught on, on his camera, yeah, then it became kind of humorous. So it's tough to be, it's tough to really enjoy comedy. And when it does hit me, I'm blown away that I'm laughing because it's, it's so hard to get, it's so hard to laugh. I, I saw a video that was set up on TikTok. I say set up because after watching it, I realized, yeah, this wasn't real. There was no way this was this was set up. 
There was a kid who pranked his mother and she screamed. She dropped all this, all this coffee she had in her hand. And then when she got mad, she was screaming about it. And then he hit her with whipped cream or something. I just, it just hit me the right way. I was like, oh my God, that was so fucking funny. Funny's tough. So yeah, to be in this business and expect, you expect certain things. I expect a lot of things. And uh, it's a, it's just trying to keep life interesting. Like tonight, we're going to go out. Okay, we're going to go see a Queen cover band. I saw where they're setting it up. You know, uh, it's outside. And there's a big stage. And, you know, what's what's the ultimate thing that could happen at an event like it? The music's great. You're with the right people. You get the right buzz. You know, it's a great night. You run into people that you haven't seen and... There's a, a, a perfect temperature and there's fireworks. And you know, we really do try as humans to make a lot of things bigger and better than what they really are, right? Think about that. Just think about anything, just take anything, a car, and imagine all the bells and whistles we put on something like that that are not necessarily to get to and from somewhere. It's a car. Well, why do you need music? Well, that's kind of cool to have music while you're in the car. Why do you need uh, power seats? Well, it's kind of cool to you know to be able to sit any way you want to sit in your car while you're going to and fro. Well, why do you need special xenon headlights? Well, it's nice and it gives you better visibility, and and then you got a sunroof. You can enjoy the sun on your face while you're going to and fro. See, I mean, do we really need all this bells and whistles? What's going on here, folks? The human condition needs to be trained. To accept normal, normal. Do I need a giant home? Or can I live in enough square feet for one or two humans? I talk about that. You know, when, I, when I'm in my, my zone of construction, when I talk about construction, or when I talk about the environment to people and they say, yes, we're burning fossil fuels, we're being wasteful with resources. And I said, what about you? Think now, how big's your home? How many square feet do you need? You live in a 3,000 square foot home? How many people in that home? Two, three, four? I'm not saying you can't have a big house. I'm just saying, look, think about these things, right? It's a bell and a whistle. I have a, if I have a, a studio apartment with a kitchen, a toilet, and a little area to relax, that's about 600 square feet. That's your standard that's your standard home for one human, 600 square feet. If I have a wife, maybe we need a little more, maybe 1,200 square feet. The size of homes, if you go to the book of records, whatever that is, and look in the 50s and say, oh, wow, we used to build homes that were 1,200, 1,500 square feet. There's 5,000 and 10,000 square foot homes now, plus basements. All the bells and whistles. The human condition needs more. How do I get you to buy this? That's what this is all about. Well, you ever heard of uh, a double hung window? What did you have before that? I don't know, man. I had like a crank on it and it came out like an awning. That was an awning window. How about a double hung? How about a kitchen? And when you put your plate on it, it's not on Formica. It's on granite. Whoa. You hear the plate touching the granite? You see the 
the amazing kitchen when you walk in, how does that help you cook better, eat better, and function? It doesn't. It's a bell and a whistle. It's the bells and whistles of life that really make everybody happier, right? Because we get bored. Unless we never knew about the bells and whistles. See, if you don't know about them, boy, this is a big topic. Don't compare yourself to nobody. You know, bells and whistles also in my life could be <laughs> could be height and hair. Now, here's a guy that's taller, has all of his hair, and I'm shorter with less hair. He's got a lot more bells and whistles. Take a look at this guy, right? When he puts a bandana on, the hair comes over the top of the bandana. When I put a bandana on, it covers my giant forehead. Different bell, different whistle, but at least I got a head. I got the basic head with a brain inside of it, right? That's what, it, that's what you really need when it comes down to it. What, am I, what do I need? I need a skull with a brain inside of it and some eyes and a nose and a mouth. That extra hair, that scruffy beard, the beard oil, the very well-shaven mustache, the, the uh, uh, sunglasses, the earring. Bells and whistles. Bells and whistles. Yeah. You don't need all the bells and whistles. But when you're shown them, when you're told this guy has them and you don't, when somebody has an extension of themselves that is a bell and whistle, right? So a car, the basic car that we talked about is a box with wheels, a Volvo, the old Volvo. Not anymore. Take a look. Take a look at the, even on Volvos, the smooth lines, the curves, the headlights, the, the taillights, uh, the nose of the car, the grill of the car, the, the wheels, how they look. Yes. Now some people think, well, that's an extension of me. I'm not just me. It's me and my Jag. That's what's getting all the ladies. It's me and my uh, Porsche. That's what gets me the respect. It's me and my Corvette after 2000, what, 12? Maybe later, 15 Corvette. You couldn't say that before 2015. Maybe you'd be, I'm not exactly sure, but there was a time where Corvette was not helping extend you at all. Trust me, it was hurting you. So is my occupation an extension of me? Uh, being a comedian, is that an extension of me? That I am a comic? It's almost for me, it was, it's a necessity. I mean, it's a way of life. I've been like this since I was a kid. I didn't get paid for it. Now I do. It kind of hurts my bells and whistles. Like I was having a good time being a comic. And then when it became a, a paycheck, then it became a job, then it became a responsibility. And, you know, in the world of fun, when fun becomes a responsibility... What do you do for fun? Whew. What am I doing for fun now? See, that's what I mean. Now I need something weird to do, something crazy to do, some type of disaster, you know, a kitchen on fire where no one gets hurt, okay? Look, we had a fire in our kitchen. Watch it. It's called Turkey Fire. It's on YouTube. Turkey Fire. Look it up. We're the most watched Turkey Fire video ever. Entertaining because my fun became responsibility. My fun of making people laugh became a job. Um, yeah, and that kind of takes away from how we gonna how how do you have fun? That's one less way. You know, I, I guess it happens to people who 
love boating, right? But their job became, I'm a captain taking other people out on boats. And then when you don't want to go out on the boat, but you have to because it's your job and you got to take these people out to an island to go floating or fishing, but you don't want to go. See, that's what I'm talking about. Mm, we were just doing it for pure fun before. Now we're doing it for money. So when you get an offer of doing something that you love for money, be careful. It might destroy the fun. It might not uh, be a bell and a whistle anymore. It might be a responsibility. People love the bells and whistles. That's all I know. We call it class now, right? Right. Third class, second class. First class has the little champagne and a drink and some food and you sit closer up by the pilot and you get onto the plane first and you get newspaper or whatever they give you now. I guess they don't give you newspaper anymore. That tells you how long it's been for me to be in, in first class. And you get service and that's your all your bells. We're just trying to go to and fro in an, in an airplane. We're just trying to go from point A to point B. But how are you doing it? See, your life's short. So bells and whistles become amazing accoutrements in your life. I've never used the word accoutrements, but they do because, you know, what, how else can we make our standard life better? Because here's the thing. Would you trade all your bells and whistles to fly? Uh, what if you could fly? I'm talking about like Peter Pan, right? I'm talking about just all of a sudden you, your body flies like a bird, not even flapping wings, man. Like, like a, like a friggin' like Superman fly. You would trade all the crap, right? The fly. Yes. Take all my money, everything, right? If I was the only human in, in the world that could fly, you know how much extra stuff I would get, by the way? So I wouldn't need all the bells and whistles. Right now we have the, the, let's just say we have the bell and whistle of scent and smell and sight, all these things. Some people don't, right? That's when you know, by the way, that you are um, not appreciating your bells and whistles of, of, the, of, human, of being a human. But now you got this extra one. It's called flight. Whoa, whoa. How long before you get bored of flying? You greedy son of a bitch. How long before you start going, you know, I like this flying thing, but how come I can't get higher? How come I can't go faster? There's too many people flying now, right? The, the skies are filled. It's, it's, a, it's crazy. You know how long it took me to fly? Yeah, I flew from Cleveland to Chicago. Instead of taking the regular flight time of six hours, now it's taking 10 hours. Wow, you you start bitching about your new bell and whistle. Damn it. My cell phone's not getting service. Remember this one? Oh, boy. This is a big one, right? Can't get service. Can't get my Wi-Fi. You forgot. You didn't have Wi-Fi maybe 15 years ago in a phone, maybe 20 years ago. You didn't have all this. It's a bell and a whistle that you now are, are bored of. Are taking for granted? See, it's never going to end, folks. I don't think it's going to end. Not with me. Not with you. Not with the world. And there's going to be people who are trying to figure out what's the new bell and whistle that I can give everybody? Where can I go to, to pitch it, number one, so I can get this thing off the ground? Shark Tank. What do you got there, son? Uh, it's a sponge with a smiley face on it. 
really? That's new. Because people have been using sponges that look sad. (laughs) So you're telling me this sponge does all the same things other sponges do. But the whole time, it's got a smiley face on it? Yes, sir. Damn. Cuban throws in $5 million. Mr. Wonderful throws in $5 million. Barbara throws in $5 million. All of a sudden, we got this sponge with a smiley face. Really? That's how bored we are? That we went from normal sponge to the happy sponge, and that was enough to keep everybody okay for a week? And then they got bored again? Like, okay, what season now are we on? On Shark Tank. That tells you something. 15, 20? I mean, this show has been a, a long time with all these new products, and we're still pitching to Cuban because humans just need more. I need more. I, I, this guy has to be my new bit. See, I like this podcast thing because now you're opening, because this is all improv. Right? I'm sitting in a van in the garage, a minivan. I'm going to open the door so you can hear it. That's the sound of a minivan door opening to give me a little air. And now I'm speaking in the garage. Okay, it's a different sound, right? Again, people are in the condo, so I have to hide out in, in not just in the garage, but even deeper into a minivan. Okay, I'm going to shut the door. All these years. And by the way, that's an automatic door on this minivan. It's a side door with a remote control. Bells and whistles. Yeah, and the lights are still on in the minivan. The lights stay on for a predetermined amount of time, and then they shut themselves off. Bells and whistles, all these things. What's next to keep me from thinking about death, from thinking about sadness? I got the smiley sponge. It's making me happy. I got my lights on my van on. I'm talking into an iPhone, recording my voice. What the fuck? That's not enough for you? When... When did we start being able to record our voice and then give our voice out to everyone in the world? I got people in Poland listening to this. Come on. That's not a giant bell or whistle. How the hell is this happening? That we're going, this is not enough. We need more. Oh, my God. We don't need any more. We need to start taking, take some of the stuff away and then bring it back like it's brand new. I used to do that to my kids. Okay, we have 40 gifts for each child for Christmas morning. That's sick. So I would take 10 gifts from each child, put it in the attic. Yeah. Even after they opened it. You know why? Because they had so many gifts, they forgot what the hell they got. And then I would bring it out in July and go, look what I got for you. Oh my God. It was brand new to them, even though they saw it. And when there was a a gift they already got, they thought it was new, right? Tricking your brain probably is very important. Mm. That's a good bit too. Trick yourself into thinking. I think there's like books kind of similar to this, The Magic of Believing and, you know, what was Oprah's thing? The uh, wishing for something, the secret or something like that. Trick yourself. You know, they say placebos work. It's a trick. It's a trick. That tells you how crazily amazing your brain is that you don't need. If if we could harness this, right? Okay, imagine this. I am not in Chicago, 
but my brain thinks I'm in Chicago because I've convinced it it's in Chicago. Now, I'm skating on some dangerous ice here because when do I know that I'm actually in reality since I'm controlling my brain to alter reality? That's a problem. So this might not be a great idea. <laughs> How about if you're just happy where you're at and fuck Chicago, okay? And forget about flying, all right? Because you really only have, if you're lucky, about 80 good years. So just, there's so much to do. There's so much to pack in to those 80 years. I'm not saying give up all your bells and whistles. I'm saying take them as they come, appreciate them, and try not to get bored with them too quickly. You know, really think about what you have in your hand, under your ass. When I say under your ass, I was, I'm sitting on a leather seat in a minivan. But I guess that could also mean toilets. Um, toilets with great cushions. You know, you just need a basic place to take a dump, but you got this great toilet with a bidet built in and a warm seat and uh, it's comfort height and you got squatty potty seat. Everything, even the toilet, is loaded with bells and whistles. Your whole life is loaded with bells and whistles and you're not climbing the highest mountain and screaming it to the masses. I got a squatty party because you think it's not a big deal. Yes, it's a monster deal. You need to start really championing your squatty party and every other amazing thing that you, you're experiencing. Airplanes, Wi-Fi, uh, knives that never dull, um, the the newest Halloween decorations where the, the monster jumps at you. But it's safe. It's safe, bro. Don't get nuts. Yes, you go up to this innocent-looking, you know, kind of Halloween display, and we all know what's going to happen because we watch TikTok. It's going to jump at you. Wow, how did they know? Oh, it's got some type of laser sensor and some type of, uh, you know, eye on it and it, it detects and la, 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 la. And wow, wow. We're all doing this. We're all doing this. How about me too, okay? Appreciating the comedy that we come up with as comedians. When you just never thought he was going to be able to pull it off. Jesus, Carmen, pull off another podcast. I don't know which number it is. But you got to listen to Bells and Whistles. Very good podcast. He didn't even need a guest. He didn't even need Mike anymore. Donnie. He didn't even need equipment. He's in a minivan talking to a phone. <laughs> uh, if I could only listen to my own words, so I'm not going to be bored in a half hour, an hour from now. It just goes away. You know, that's why you keep you keep my podcast at, on hand and you, I, God, I don't know what to do. Push the button. Send it to a friend. You know, I keep motivational books on, on the back of the toilet. Every so often I'll open just randomly to a page and read a sentence. I go, ah, yes, yes. Act as if everything is okay. Enjoy your life. Be be prosperous. There's more for, there's, there's, a, there's an abundance mentality. Whatever they're trying to tell you. Go for it, my friends. I'm going to go to this Queen concert tonight. Fake Queen concert. Fake Eddie... <laughs> is it Eddie Mercury? See, that, that would be smart. 
instead of calling yourself Freddie Mercury, it's Eddie Mercury and fake queen. And I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to enjoy the fact that I'm in Cleveland now, just got back from Florida safely, that my family's with me, that we have some great food to eat and a couple of drinks to have and really, really, really savor the moment and all the bells and whistles that I have that I've been able to accumulate throughout my entire life. And for those who don't have those things, I'm going to, yes, I'm going to help those who, who don't have those things achieve. And I have, not like I never have, but I've, I've always tried to, you know, give something to other people, you know, especially people who need those things. And I think you can do really, it's supposed to be a comedy podcast, but boost somebody up a little bit. You see someone that's not feeling so great. You know what you, the best thing to do for people is just to listen to them. You don't have to even say much. They just want to be heard. People want to be heard, folks. And I hope you heard me. Don't end like that, Carmen. It's so fucking hacky. <laughs> no, but I'm done. I got to go get ready. Goodbye.